Hi, everybody. My name is Garrett Hoddle with Podcast Architects, and today I'm joined from left to right, Dr. Seth Sampson, who is an assistant professor with Texas A&M International University. Right in the middle here, we have Cindy Dominguez, who is a CCMR coordinator with Laredo ISD. And finally, on the end here, we have Jerry Castaneda, who is an HR coordinator with Laredo ISD. And I mentioned this before, a lot of people sitting on the other side of the camera are probably wondering, what do those titles mean? <laughs> Yours is pretty straightforward. It says assistant professor, but uh, Dr. Sampson, tell me exactly what do you do? Well, I'm an assist assistant professor of school counseling, so I prepare our graduate students that are wanting to become school counselors. And primarily, they need to be school teachers for at least two years uh, in any type of uh, educational setting. So we want to make sure they have that experience, and then they come into TAMIU to become school counselors. Mm -hmm. and, and there's a, a lot of stuff that we're going to get into, especially in relation to your titles and what you guys do. But let's let's go ahead and move on just so we can get an introduction from everybody. Cindy, <laughs> CCMR coordinator. <laughs> yes. <laughs> With the Rado ISD. Help me out. What, what exactly do you do? So CCMR stands for College Career and Military Readiness. I am a former school counselor, graduated from TAMIU. Uh, I missed you know, him being my professor. Um, but so, so CCMR, what we do is, it's like a counselor on a bigger scale for the district. So we uh, ensure that our students are, for accountability purpose and for the students, that they're prepared, either they're going college bound through dual credit, TSI, SAT, all that stuff, um, certification route career, so, you know, vet assistance, welding, um, workforce, right, culinary, um, and then military. So because we are a part of CTE, um, career technical education, so we also, um, JROTC or, or military is now also part of that uh, program, so we also oversee that. So providing opportunities. That and you guys actually work in the same building. Yes. Yes. Right? What did you say? First floor and second floor? I'm on first floor. First floor and second. Second. But Jerry, tell me exactly what do you do? Your title is HR coordinator. Coordinator. Uh, my main role there should be should be we have a lot of a lot of things to do, but my main role is teacher teacher quality and certification, making sure that all our teachers are certified through the state of Texas. We do have some teachers coming in with internships, either from universities or a, what they call EPP programs, educator prep programs. So we work with those teachers, an average of about 60, 80 teachers a year, because we've got new teachers that we hire every year. So I make sure that they get certified within a certain time frame. It's very important because we have to be compliant with the state. And amongst other things, we also do, I do a lot of job fairs. I do a lot of teacher recruiting. I work with a lot of principals, so that all, all the principals in our campuses, because of the T-Test, Texas Teacher Evaluation Support System, which is the evaluation tool for teachers. So I work very closely with uh, all principals at all campuses. So it sounds like, and you know, we're all here in Laredo, but you guys are really, if I had to describe it to somebody, basically preparing the communities of the future from you know, not just the student on the student level. Um, I think you were mentioning to me earlier, uh, Dr. Sampson, from as early as like middle school, right? Getting kids ready um, on the teacher level to even administration, as you were kind of mentioning uh, a little bit there, it sounded like. Uh, Jerry, uh, tell me about some of the, the main things that you guys are doing right now. Uh, Dr. Sampson, let's start with you. What, is there a specific program or something that you're working on right now uh, that, that maybe you're proud of or, or something that you've been de uh, delegating most of your time to? I know that's kind of broad. Well, yeah. <laughs> Within the past two years, actually, there hasn't been a lot of collegiate chapters of what's known as Texas Association of Future Educators. 
and we initiated the first collegiate chapter in the A&M system here at TAMIU, and that was about a year and a half, two years ago. And how that came about is we've had some students that had TAFI experience at the high school level, and they came into one of our classes that actually our dean was uh, the professor for, and they said, do you have a TAFI chapter here at TAMIU? And he said, well, what's TAFI? So we started that conversation, and that's how it kind of um, grew. It grew from that. And, and I asked you this earlier, and you kind of explained it there. What exactly is TAFI? Well, TAFI is that Texas Association of Future Educators that exposes students uh, all the way down into middle school about what the uh, the education profession all entails, and it has definitely opportunities to create networks for individuals um, at the middle school setting to create lessons and look at, okay, is this something that I want to do? And if they want to pursue that even further, well, then they can do that and get more exposure at the high school level. And excuse me if I'm wrong, Cindy, you actually work some with Taffy, right? Yeah, yes and no. So, so I, do you want me to, do I, so my role in this is, I guess, to produce the product. Um, we reach out to the middle schools and through CTE, uh, we offer the Principles of Ed class. And that's kind of where we can bring in Taffy and we bring in the university um, and start getting the kiddos um, involved and becoming aware of what an educator is. Um, because if you don't want to do it, you don't want to do it, right? Yeah. So we start them off as, as middle school and then we have specialty schools. We have six and now a seventh. And um, some of them offer the education route. And so one of them is here on, on site with TAMIU. And, and then we have Nixon and we have some at Cigarroa. And so from there, they take dual enrollment. So they'll take college classes that will get them those hours towards their bachelor's degree. Um, and then they, they take some education courses. And then the other route is also to get their uh, certification as a teacher aide. And so what they're doing is that they're doing internships at our elementary schools, um, and that way they get some experience and some hours towards that. And then from there, they graduate high school, they go with them, and then he hires them. And so we're that trying kind to grow our own. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of brings it back. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back through some of these because I want to make sure that I hit them right on the head um, exactly here. And, Jerry, that would probably be a good one uh, for me to start with. What experiences and support do you provide to improve teacher induction and enhance instructional quality among first-year first year teachers, excuse me? Well, kind of our induction process is that, we, of course, we hire the teachers. We bring them, we bring them on board. Uh, the first thing we do with them, of course, is provide an employee handbook orientation. We provide the teacher code of ethics to them. It's very important that they know those, those, that information. And then we also take them through a T-test orientation, which is the evaluation tool that they're going to be evaluated on. And once we do that, we, you know, of course, make sure that they're content-specific certified to wherever they're going to be teaching at, you know, whether it be English, math, science, social studies. And once they're on board at the campus, uh, we make sure that they meet, the, they meet our, our group of support. And when I say group of support, I'm talking main office personnel. I'm talking about academic deans. I'm talking about CTE personnel, special ed personnel, uh, bilingual department personnel, because they're going to be, teachers will be working with all these types of students and know how to address them. And, of course, the discipline personnel, very big component of, of being, you know, a <laughs> successful teacher. Oh, no. So amongst all those things, and then once they're at the campus, they also get a full mentor, and that mentor is going to be their, uh, their buddy, their coach, their, their mom for the next year. Because basically, they're going to guide them through the process, of course, of teaching, make sure they collaborate with everybody on staff, 
uh, make sure they know the ins and outs out of you know meetings for arts or meetings for bilingual and all those things that come into play because their plates will be full the first year and some of these teachers are still in the internship process so not only are they becoming and getting uh, you know to become a better teacher but they're also working with the program the EPP program and finishing up some projects that they need to complete so they can take their PPR and get their standard certification so it's quite a it's quite a, a, a table you know full of things to do for that for yeah that you teacher. said a, a full plate a it full sounds plate. like there's yeah. so much on that plate there is there <laughs> is and that's that's where the mentor comes in really handy and of course, we're there to support too. I mean, I've had teachers call me, and you know, I cannot get a hold of this person, or this person hasn't gone back to me, and I kind of play that role to make sure that teacher has a smooth process, and connecting all those individuals because sometimes you know you get lost in the shuffle. And like I said earlier, there's 60, 80 teachers that we hire a year, and we need to keep track of those. And we're talking about you know uh, full plate and everything that's on that, and we're talking about all these different programs. Uh, well, one of the specific questions that I do need to ask uh, you, Dr. Sampson, is what are, how will you communicate admission requirements to potential teacher candidates? Help me out a little bit. With this. Yeah, so when individuals want to become a teacher especially, they're going to take at least uh, two years' worth of classes. However, if they take dual credit courses while they're still in high school, they kind of clear out some of that, and that really is to their benefit because they're not necessarily paying for that. So we want to encourage students to take the dual credit in secondary or in high school so they're not paying for some of those basics that they need to get out of the way. So once they come onto our campus, uh, and even before that, we want to ensure that we're communicating that with them, but then we're also letting them know that once they take some of the basic courses that they want to become a teacher in those courses, we let them know that it's important that you look at these are the requirements so have that set up and we we communicate that in multiple ways we've seen uh, wide uh, campus-wide emails or for students that are just in the college of ed to make sure that they're aware of okay this is what it takes and we're creating a handbook that we're going to give out to uh, students and members of the community stop me if i'm wrong but if i'm looking down here from you know all the way to uh, from starting with you to to Jerry at the end there it looks like I'm seeing the pathway from teachers starting you know really end of middle school early high school all the way up into the mm -hmm. administrative level my kind of uh, kind of on that path because you know we're talking about a different programs here absolutely one thing that's unique about the Tammy Taffy is that they include uh, students from other majors not just education which works out in our favor because a CTE um, or CCMR, we, we are, LISD is a district of innovation. So we hire welders of 20 some years to be the welding instructor. We hire a barber to be our barbering instructor. So they didn't necessarily go the education route, um, but they, they, you know, they can become instructors. So it helps that they are education majors because of the discipline and the pedagogy and the lesson plans and the, the, what they go through. Um, but the district provides those mentors. So that is very, one, uh, and, I, and I talked to Rachel about that, it's very unique that it's not just education majors, which works in our fit. computer uh, engineers. You know, we, we have computer science mm -hmm. courses. So um, we have kiddos working with drones and stuff like yes, that. So yes. it's, it's, it's exciting to see. Mm -hmm. And I, I hopefully I'm not touching on the same thing that you already mentioned here, but um, I'm glad that you did say that right there. 
what are some ways that you're partnering with local districts to kind of promote teaching as a career? With local districts, we're we're two. Yeah, um, I know. I, uh, <laughs> may, maybe no. just with with Laredo we, ISD. We maybe. Well, because we have a good amount of elementaries and middle schools, and and our principals are very open to allowing our students to be interns. Um, we are working within. Uh, we partner with local community, like local agencies, uh, depending on the major of the path, the program of study of the student, uh, more businesses than anything. Um, but as far as the district, because we're both unique um, and we have a, a need within, we stay within. Yeah, maybe I, I, I should have phrased it. <laughs> what are some ways you're partnering with, or you partner with Laredo ISD? the local school district to promote teaching as yeah. a whole. Yeah, so it, it's with the, it's <laughs> it's, with it's, the principals yeah, and, and... With the principal, yeah, because yeah. we're, we're two districts, but we are the older district in, in the city, and we're inner city. We're landlocked. So yeah. our tax base isn't growing the way the tax base is growing for the other school district. Yes, sir. They, they absorb all that growth on the outside and warehousing and residential, so they're picking up more tax base. And the reason why is because they're growing more in, in, in subdivisions and, and you know, in uh, population. Yes, sir. Oh, but we're landlocked, so and, and it's there a, is a teacher shortage. So our principals are very excited to get our student interns to help, and and mm -hmm. you know we we try to make sure that they're not making copies and they're not know that they're in the classroom and they are they're part of the literacy program and they're part of you know the lesson plan design and things like that, so that they do get that hands on. So mm -hmm. they're excited because not everybody wants to work in the summer in particular. Mm -hmm. uh, let me ask you guys this: You got a lot of experience in this field. Um, it, is this stuff that you guys are doing right now anything new or different that you haven't been doing, say, in the past 10 or 15 years? To me, in my opinion, this is pretty cutting edge, yeah. the collaboration and the network that we have. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, especially, I would say, in the A&M system, we're kind of that uh, spearhead of this type of collaboration. Yeah, there's some collaboration in districts and different universities, but I think this this has been something that's been building for a couple of years, but we're trying to find opportunities to collaborate more and more. Yeah, it, you know, maybe looking from the outside, it's kind of surprising to me, but like if, if like seeing all you guys mm -hmm. and talking to you right now, I would say that you all work for the same exact, you know, these guys all work for Texas A&M International University, <laughs> but you don't, <laughs> <It's> <laughs> which for, is kind of surprising to me. I think we're all for the student. I think mm -hmm. that's maybe yeah. that's why you, you see that because ultimately the goal for the three of us is, and for the district and the university, is that we, we develop a, um, a successful student. Um, and if we do that from the beginning, if we, if we target them from the beginning in middle school and we keep them engaged, because we all change our mind. I changed, I mean, yeah. I didn't even know that I was going to be doing this, right, for the, you know. But, <laughs> but I, you know, you, you change path every certain amount of years. And so, but if you keep them engaged and if you teach them young and you show them and we, we all work together and, and, and provide that support, um, then we develop a, a successful student who becomes a successful, engaging teacher that develops more successful students. So I think that's the ultimate goal for, for all of us. I, I think mean, that's a great It answer. is, and, and again, we, uh, I know I come to visit university students uh, on the average of maybe four to six times a, a year, a school year. Uh, you know, I come in, I come and talk to university students that are here on Saturdays, you know, prep, prepping for an exam or, 
or trying to, you know, you know, pass an exam and uh, come in and just give them a little pep talk and let them know we're here and, and just hang in there, that kind of things. And then we also meet with our student teachers that are going to be doing their blocks. So we, we meet them early and we go over the educator code of ethics with them, dress code, things like that. Mm -hmm. So we're in constant communication with the university here. Mm -hmm. Who do you think sitting at home, whether say it's a kid or maybe another teacher or somebody that's looking at the programs that you guys are doing that's maybe in school administration is like, I want to copy that. Is there anything that you think, hey, Garrett, I really think this needs to be mentioned or this should be included? And I know that's another broad question, so maybe <laughs> maybe it doesn't come to mind right away. But uh, let's start with you, Dr. Sampson. Anything? Uh, really looking at elevating the teaching profession as a whole and really strengthening the educator pathway from the school district, um, starting even in elementary school, having those supportive entities all the way through middle school when they're exposed to possibly going into the educating uh, field, in the education field, and then looking at, okay, what can we do to support those individuals and create a sense of belonging? Um, and one of those uh, opportunities for a sense of belonging is to be a part of TAFI at the high school level. And if there isn't necessarily a chapter, we encourage the uh, CTE teachers to see if they can actually start one if they have a lot of people that are you know, wanting to be or are interested in being in the teaching profession. And then looking at opportunities to bridge that gap in between high school and college to make that transition a little more smooth and then making sure that they're college and career ready before they get to uh, college. Mm -hmm. and, and real quick, you have experience with this. So say I'm somebody that wants to start, I say, hey, this all sounds great. I want to start a, a TAFI chapter. How do I do that? The first thing to do if they're at the college level, they really need to look at, okay, what does it all entail to become a student organization on the campus? They have to, there's usually a, a, a office, you know, uh, here it's the Student Orientation Leadership um, Engagement Office, or SOL, and they have to go through a process and create a constitution. They have to have officers, and then they have to you know, have events, fundraisers, provide services to the community, and reach back out to the community and get exposure to you know, being tutors or mentors back in the schools. So they're, they're getting that experience. Mm -hmm. And Cindy, same question. I'll, I'll kind of restate it. I know it was long-winded. I could kind of go. <laughs> but is there anything that you think is important or you hope is, is mentioned or included to somebody maybe sitting at home on the other side of the camera? You say, hey, Garrett, I really hope this is included or I think this is important to mention that maybe we glossed over. And I know, again, that's a broad question, yeah. so it may not be. And I could go to Jerry I, first, too. Well, I just want to yeah. kind of mention it, uh, something called a teacher incentive allotment. That was brought on by the Texas Education Agency. It's House Bill 3, started in 2019. And uh, many districts are involved in it, and we became involved in it as Cohort D. So basically what it is is to incentivize the, the teaching profession and allow teachers to get up to maybe six-figure incomes because it's going to be based on teacher performance. And when I say teacher performance, it's based, on, of course, on their STAR results and then their T-test results. So a combination of those two gives them – they have to meet certain thresholds and there's three levels of designations. There's recognized, there's exemplary, and there's masters. Now, your recognized can earn, any, earn anywhere from about you know five to $9,000 extra. 
your exemplary can earn anywhere from about ten to about seventeen thousand extra, and your master's anywhere from eighteen to thirty thousand extra. Now I'm talking gross amounts. Of course, there's federal income tax withheld, and these are all these amounts all go towards the TRS, which is a retirement system. So it really ups the teacher's average, and that's a big incentive for them. Now these rewards highly effective teachers. When I say highly effective teachers, is those teachers that are bringing up their students in growth because. This past year, we had a capture year, and we involved sixth, seventh, and eighth grade teachers, all in math and science. I mean, I'm sorry, math and reading, and they're they're start start tested students, because we need to have some kind of tracking system to see growth. So I tested in sixth grade. Let me see my growth from sixth to seventh for this particular teacher, and the minimum requirement for growth this past year was 83% of, of growth, and the T test score had to be 3.5 or higher. And T-Test, if you're not familiar with it, there's four domains to it. And the main domain we look at are domain two and three, which is instructional and classroom environment. This is something brand new. Brand new. Hospital 19, uh, Hospital 19, Hospital 3, 2019. And uh, again, where I believe there's cohort up to G now. We're cohort D as a district. And we plan to expand it. Uh, we submit our expansion to TEA, hopefully get it approved. So instead of just having six, seventh, and eight, we're going to expand it to grades three to eight and some end-of-course classes in high school, you know, uh, English and, and math. So have teachers already been um, uh, scored and, and receiving income based on this uh, system, or is this? This is something new. We just recognized. Very, we're yeah, gonna re- okay. In fact, we're having a ceremony for 39 teachers tomorrow that are being recognized. We had two master teachers in the group, uh, 19 exemplary, 17 uh, recognized. The recognized and your exemplary teachers can move up because this, ex- this designation is for five years. So it goes on your certification for five years. So for five years, you're gonna be receiving that amount. The amount is based on the socioeconomic status of the campus. So that may change from year to year, depending on socioeconomic status. And again, this is to incentivize the profession, keep those highly effective teachers in areas where they're needed. And of course, the uh, rural areas in Texas where it's hard to uh, keep teachers because they're rural areas. Mm-hmm. So, but across the state, teachers are going to be eligible for this. I know you said there's uh, based on, you know, campus the, and everything. It's based on campus. It's based on the application the district submits, uh, what uh, subjects they're going to include, what teachers, what grade levels they're going to include, uh, what types of uh, rubric they're going to have. In our case, it's going to be T-tests, uh, and it's going to be the STAR results. Some may include other things like teacher portfolios, and that's when you start getting into areas where we are not start tested, like your K, K teachers. Mm-hmm. How do you track growth for a band teacher? Yeah. So we need to get a little bit more creative there and, and really, really be careful with how we track that growth to have that teacher meet that particular growth that is going to be required. So it gets complicated as we move into other areas, but it's something we want to expand hopefully in the future. And, and all this has to get uh, passed through TEA and checks and balances, so they get it approved and we're good to go. But right now we're looking again at three to eight and some end of course in math and reading. So that it's just a that that's a big thing. I think I think it's a big thing because it's going to uh, allow these teachers to make more money, and of course keep those highly effective teachers in there. And now with a teacher shortage in Texas, hopefully this this becomes larger and and we get more teachers in, into the program. And that's one of our selling points when we go to job fairs. You know, we are a TIA, not TIA, but we are a TIA enrollment uh, district, and we hope to, you know, gain some of these teachers. And, in fact, I just want to mention one of our master teachers is only in his third year of teaching, and he, and he, he, and he got that dis- designation of master teacher. So uh, not just incentivizing to become a teacher, but, uh, I mean, like any professor, a lot of people want to 
hey, what's a way that I could show that I am, you right. know, a effective teacher? Mm -hmm. This is another way that's kind of showing Correct. That. Mm -hmm. And um, I do have to ask this question because it is written down specifically, and I, I know we've kind of talked over a lot, but, but Jerry, what are Laredo ISD's new teacher induction practices? Again, we take them through a new employee orientation. We make sure that they receive the teacher code of ethics and a lot of orientation and the T-test evaluation because that's what they're going to get evaluated with. Yes, sir. Once they're, once they're in there, we, of course, they uh, get a letter of assi the assignment letter, rather, for the campus that they're going to. Once they're at that campus, well, first thing we do is assign a, a full-time mentor. Mm -hmm. And again, that mentor is there basically to support their, their growth as a teacher and support in any other way that they can make them a better, highly effective teacher. And, and also, you know, you got to remember that there's a team, like I mentioned earlier, there's a team of district uh, main, main office personnel in the district that we do have them meet with that new teacher on a, maybe every week or every two weeks and uh, to make sure that teacher is on, his, on their way to becoming a, success, a successful teacher. Uh, also, it's very important here is uh, the T-test observations. You know, the, the principal, the assistant principal, the team of main office personnel, curriculum instruction personnel, go in there and do walkthroughs for that teacher. Because if they're not getting that feedback, that observation, that support, how can they grow? So it's really, yeah. it's a continuous growth. It's a continuous process. I mean, even I myself been here with the district 30 years and you reflect and you say, well, I could do that better. I could do this better. So it's a continuous growth. It's not a got you system. It's mm -hmm. more based on continuous growth and support. And, uh, you know, kind of from the outside looking in again, we're talking about a lot of, you know, acronyms for specific programs mm -hmm. and whatnot. But, but basically, what, kind of if I was going to boil it all down, we're talking about the cutting edge, cutting edge really practices across the state of now where we're seeing um, kind of what you were mentioning with Taffy and uh, students starting in high school in any field, kind of what you were mm -hmm. talking about. Right. I mean, the just the fields that you were going through was kind of, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, yes. mind boggling. And then the new incentives and the ways that teachers are now at the even in the administrative level now uh, being able to receive income and, mm -hmm. and graded. I hope I'm boiling down the story here. Um, is there anything that you guys, again, I know I already asked this. Did you say, Garrett, I, I'd like to mention this. I'd like to mention that. No, I guess to take <laughs> advantage of the opportunities. Um, I don't think any of us had dual enrollment or certification. Or, you know, for a long time, uh, the workforce was seen or the military was seen as a last resort. Like, well, you're not college bound, so you're doing this. Um, that's not the way it works anymore. Um, you know, you can get certifications in areas and then become an educator in that field. Um, and that even once you become an educator, there's room to grow. You can get your master's, your ED. You can, you know, you you can become a leader of leaders. And and um, and and just the only way that you'll be able to reap that fruit or the you know is is to really take advantage of the opportunity. So. I guess my message would be for the students in, in the middle and, and high is, hey, try it. You know, try it out and take advantage of, of all that stuff. It's free. Um, somebody's going to use it, so you might as well do it and, and see where it takes you. And that if you change paths at any point, it's it's okay. Sounds like a great way to end, but I got Dr. Sampson, Jerry, anything you guys like to include? No, I just want to say it, it gives a great opportunity to those teacher to those individuals that, that – probably were never thinking of becoming teachers. Like she mentioned, those welding teachers, law enforcement yeah. teachers, uh, 
uh, some computer teachers, even business teachers, they go through that program called District of Innovation. And basically what we look at there, we look at they have to be five years full-time employed in the last 10 years in a supervisory position or higher. So a law enforcement individual probably has a peace officer's license, hey, come on board and, and you know work with our kids in law enforcement. You know, a welder may have been a, a foreman at a welding you know, uh, business, come on board, you know all the ins and outs of welding. So those are the individuals that sometimes they bring a lot of knowledge and, and wealth to our kids, and it's a lot of hands-on, it's what they need. Yeah, hey, I've been in this career right. field for X amount of years, yeah. I'm good at it. Give back to the community yeah. and mm -hmm. teach the next leading professionals right. that are Correct. going to, you know, really fill your shoes. And then they can like it and decide to get their master's in, in something, you know, in education. So mm -hmm. it, it, it's a... It, it, it's a, it's a, it is a circle. It's all, it's, it's all connected. Yes. And some of these, I'd like to mention some of these individuals may have, may have retired after maybe 20 years at a private in field. They come on board with us. So it kind of, it's a great deal. They're getting some retirement. They've got a salary over here and then they're going to end up with another retirement with TRS. So not a bad deal. Well, I mean, it, it, it also sounds like, because there's so many people that you see, even in a field like like welding, and I've dealt with, you know, people hands up, that you could tell they want to teach somebody, you know. They, yes. They've been working right. in this certain job mm -hmm. for so long, and they know that they're good at it, but you could tell a lot of them would prefer to be able to teach somebody. Yeah. Yes, uh. and then you create, you know, as a district, we create uh, partnerships with Holtcat and Ford and uh, um Again, different restaurants. It, you know, it's just, it's, it's endless. My major was clinical lab science. I was going to go work at the CDC with, like, Outbreak and be in the jungles. And probably COVID would have been, like, right up my alley. But I, I wanted to teach. And I went in there, and I was a science teacher. And then I liked counseling, so I got my master's in counseling. And then this that I do now is, like, a broader form of it. So you can still come back and, and keep learning and, and, you know, getting your degrees and, and growing and being better correct so well i i, I hope I, we kind of talk through and somebody will be able to that watches this get something out of it or maybe you know dive into some of these programs and um uh you know i know from the outside looking in i could say it seems kind of scattered but i really am thankful for the the stuff that you guys do i think it you know bettering the community it's right here Yes. It's right here. Come to LISD and tell me you. Thank you. LISD, yeah. <laughs> yes. the place I, to be. The place to be, yes. And I think one major thing that we want to make sure that we're communicating is the importance of communication between the school districts and the university. We want to ensure that we're preparing the teacher candidates or anybody that's going through the educational preparation programs that are going to meet the needs of the community and the school districts that are here in our community and then also preparing them to make sure that they're prepared to go out in a global society that they're going to be a part of and contributing to society and one thing that we think is important is to have that innovation um, and having that transformational type of innovation that's going to elevate the education profession and having that uh, very important communication early on is important to have and we want to make sure that you know I can see this as the Laredo legacy project we're trying to build the oh, future nice <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this is a legacy that we're gonna bring back and continue to strengthen as the years pass and it, it's great to be a part of that and to have individuals such as Jerry and Cindy to be a part of this and continue to strengthen it and hopefully when we're getting more educators to come in and fill positions, we're continuing to do that.
Mm-hmm. That was a great. That's way. how we roll here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I do want to thank you guys for coming on, and uh, uh, I know I kind of said this earlier, but I really want to thank you guys for what you do, um, because uh, like me, I work in local news, and we like to talk about all the time how we're serving the community, but you really don't see that until you get you know right up in somebody's face like you guys that actually deals with the type of teachers, students. I mean, this is really developing the future of what our life is going to be like. And and I really do mean that. I know it sounds kind of cheesy, but uh, I do appreciate what you guys do. And and I I hope that people sitting at home or that watch this take away something and get involved. Because, uh, I mean, like anything, it takes participation, any type of any any type of uh, project or profession that is going to better the lives of others. You have to participate. And, and I hope somebody, you know, catches on to some of the things that you are doing and participates in them. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, thank, thank you for, for having, having us. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I didn't say bad words. No. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to learn any more about the programs that we discussed today or Texas A&M International University, just head online or visit the links that we have included.